take over doubt, we gon' make it Show the world that I shine in our greatness Keep it real, never gon' fake this Till we make it, till we make it Taking off, flying high like a spaceship Take control, take a shot Welcome back everybody, this is Danny from Shake the Earth Podcast We are episode, what episode is this? 14 This is 14? Mm-hmm. Man, it's gone by super fast It has, huh? We've got Landon Sperry in the house Landon's behind the scenes here I am Behind a lot of the scenes. Yeah, you're you're like <laughs> helping coordinate people, schedules, editing, everything. But you're the guest today. You know that? I'm the yeah, I didn't know that coming into this, but I kind of suckered you case. into this thing. <laughs> and, and you you do awesome. In fact, my mom is like your number one fan. She was telling me, she like, I, I just want to listen to Landon more. So episode 14, this is awesome. We had episode 13 with uh Kareen Clark. Yeah. She's incredible. People need to go listen to that. If you're listening to this one. Pause it, go back, download the one with Kareen, because I think that's the best one we've done so far. Every single one of them is the best one. Oh, yeah. She is incredible, though. She's a cancer survivor. You got to go listen to that one. That's that's an incredible episode. You've got a pretty cool story. I've got a pretty unusual story. Yeah, it is unusual. I guess. Yeah, it's you, not um, usually here. So you start working at Wink Naturals in beginning of this year. Yeah, in February. February. Mm-hmm. Well, you currently still own a uh, kind of a production company and, yeah. and a YouTube channel. Which I think is fascinating because I don't understand any of that. Sure. Here's the funny thing, though. <laughs> I spent like mm, two hours this last week yeah. watching YouTube how-tos on certain things that I'm trying to improve my life on. You went down the rabbit hole. I went down. Yeah, you call it a rabbit hole. Yeah. And I didn't realize that until I, like two hours later, I'm like, whoa, I'm watching. This is like my 15th video on how to do this, you know? Like life hacking stuff, or was it like uh, uh, mostly? I, I'm you know I'm a hunter, yeah, and so I'm constantly trying to improve my shooting capabilities. Okay, I, I watch okay. a YouTube channel called Long Range Shooters of Utah, and just so much good content is out there. There's a lot of garbage content too. Sure, there is a lot. There's a lot. Most of the stuff on YouTube, no one will ever see. Not even the person who uploaded it will watch. Really, That's like that- ninety something percent of the content on YouTube. You have said there are actual channels out there that purposely try not to get yeah, viewers or, or, or videos. They try not to, and then they become popular because people don't want to watch them. Yeah, it's true. There, there's places on the internet that like to find those little hidden gems and share them. And then of course, you know, they, they blow up eventually. There's a guy who used to smoke a cigar. He recorded video himself every day. He'd smoke a cigar and listen to a Beatles song. Every day he'd put up a video. He did it for years and years. So, you know, with hundreds of these videos, he didn't do anything in the videos. He was just sitting there. He didn't say a word. He was just sitting there. So, you know, people run across it and they're okay. Even weirder than that. There's a guy who stares at the camera and does nothing. He would sit in the corner and smile and stare into the camera and not move an inch. Dude, you can play it like you can fast forward. He doesn't move. He's smiling the whole time. It's like an hour long every time. An hour? An hour long. YouTube makes people do really weird things. And yet the crazy thing is, is people watch it. Yeah, people. And that's the thing, the rabbit hole, right? I think that's most of the traffic on YouTube. They capture all that. I I don't get it. I don't get it. So if you're joining us as a Shake the Earth podcast, I got Landon Sperry. You're, You're kind of a, you're a YouTube genius. You have a very successful channel. You've been very successful. The funny thing is, is when you came in and I first got to know you, mm-hmm. I knew your content. Yeah. I had seen your content before and I'm like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> He's here. You're famous. No, not even, not even in the, that's the funny thing is you would think Utah is kind of like a small pond type, yeah. you know, state for things. Cause it's not a very big state. It's not a very big state. It's of really small. Yeah. There's cities that have bigger population than the whole state. But with some things, Utah like overperforms. YouTube's one of them. It's really weird, but you've got London as a big YouTube center. You've got hmm. Tokyo. You've got LA, of course. 
top of the heap, but then Utah is right up there, I think, in the top five as far as wow, like really? per capita. Your YouTube channel has over 100 million views. 100 million. Yeah. And that's like a third of the United States, dude. Yeah, I guess so. Do you ever look at it like that and be like, wow, we actually made something? It's actually really cool. hard to think about that way because um, I was I was reading something recently and they were talking about if you make a video or a podcast, let's say, and you put it up and, and then let's say a couple hundred people listen to it. Some people look at that and they're just kind of like a little deflated. Everyone wants a million, right? But when you think about sitting in a room with 200 people, and presenting to 200 people, that's, that's actually a lot of people. Yeah, that's pretty that impressive. Lot, so, you know, when you when you elevate that and it's like, oh, 65,000 people watched this video. It's like, yeah, that's a football stadium. You know, that's like, uh, that, that's yeah, a that, lot of people. That, that, it puts it in perspective. Yeah, but everyone wants that million. And, it, and it's actually, for a while, it was so easy to get a million. It was like the Wild West, probably. It was. Like, it was weird, but you, people could just accidentally get a million views all the time. Cat videos cat, all the time. Cat videos. Unboxing videos. Oh, okay. toy, that's like toy review. Like toy these are reviews. little kids that are making like millions of dollars a year yes. unwrapping yes. toys. Yeah. You know, that actually gets into a little weird territory. YouTube has some issues that they have to combat <laughs> for sure, especially stuff targeted at kids because they, they made a platform, YouTube kids, right? Oh, it's supposed to be like, this is all stuff that's safe for kids, except that. Yeah. You used to have some weird don't have profiles. human eyeballs on all these things because they can't because yeah. it's just too much, or at least they claimed that they couldn't. Anyways, I could complain about YouTube all day long. I don't think that's why we're here. What started you down that road of like, hey, there's an opportunity with YouTube because you were, yeah, so you dove right in and started doing, you're, you're like multifaceted. Did. You have the ability to make really high quality videos, but you also kind of have to understand the platform you're going to be it, no, sharing it's, those videos it's true. on. It's right? true. There's a lot of people that were kind of like, I guess you could call them one hit wonders with YouTube. You know, early on, people were first talking about something going viral. It was the sneezing panda. Oh yeah. I remember yeah. Panda. Yeah. It's still going viral. I feel like everyone watches that every year. Do things ever really go viral? You know, on YouTube or is it promoted like, viral? It, now it's more manufactured. It's more manufactured. Gosh, it used to be more to. of a genuine thing, but you know, like social networks, they're all being managed through algorithms. algorithms now. So before it was a little more loose, it was like the Facebook feed used to be an actual chronological feed of who posted what, when, and it's not that anymore, right? And so everyone's moved away from that. So yeah, going viral has actually kind of bothers me when people ask you, like, I want a viral video. And it's like, well. <laughs> Do you have $250,000 to put behind <laughs> sure. budget? Sure, there's that. But then there's also That's the fact fun. that like what a viral video even means or what it's even worth to anybody. There's plenty of videos that have gone viral and the people that made them saw no benefit. It's just a bad measure of the worth of a video, I feel like. Mm -hmm. When did you... First post your first video on YouTube. First YouTube video, it was probably 2010, what right around there. Man, that one, we'll see, we used to screw around a lot and just make just stuff for fun. Kind of like while I was at BYU, we'd go in the mountains and pretend we were hunting each other. There's Dude, actually we were one talking that my about wife. That two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny you brought that That's up. That's true. Yeah, it's one of those things where like people hikers would run across you every now and then. It's like nothing like, like, to see. Do I need here. to call the cops? Yeah, seriously. But that kind of catapulted you into, hey, there's something here and there's opportunity and it's kind of a wild, wild west. Well, yeah, because you start to see what other people are doing, and then you know there's a part in your brain. I think everybody has this where you go, I could do a better job than that. Yeah. And there's a level where you don't know what you're talking about, so people look at stuff like, yeah, sure, I could do that. You know, you don't realize like how hard it is to like dunk a basketball until you're actually in that situation. Yeah. Right. But yeah. you watch it on TV and you're like, why didn't he just dunk it? You know, why don't they just dunk it every time? 
But when you actually know about something and you look at what other people are doing, there were huge organizations spending millions of dollars on campaigns that we were sitting there going like, they're doing the wrong thing. So it was such a new thing. People were jumping in and claiming to be experts in something that they had no real expertise in because no one could. Right. If you're talking and, about 10,000 hours for to, to become a an expert. master an expert, right? Yeah. Who had 10,000 hours in YouTube? Well, yeah, back, first... I was going to say back then too. Yeah, right? no, no, no one did. did. It, it's getting a little better it now. It was probably, but... when, did it, when did YouTube launch? Was it 2004, 2005? Uh, yeah, it was 2006. Six? Yeah, so it was yeah. four years old. That's like yeah. infancy It was. It was, it was brand new and no one was taking it seriously for a while there. In fact, a lot of people early on were saying it's just for makeup videos. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, there's just makeup tutorials on there and, and YouTube was seen as a platform targeted at, at women almost exclusively, to be honest, like, which is weird to think about now. Wow. And so a lot of the early wave people were kind of in there proving that they could do something different when nobody else thought that you really could. So, so you launch your first video, you're kind of messing around. Mm-hmm. And then at some point you're like, Hey, there's actually something here. If we can create high value, kind of high production value, mm-hmm. you ended up doing a video Mario Kart was that is that your most popular one our most popular one is a it's a parkour video because we hit it in the middle of the parkour craze it was the Mario like Super Mario it was Mario yeah yeah and uh how many views that one have that one is the lion's share of a lot of the views we ended up getting and so that one was funny because it wasn't our first viral video but it obviously outperformed kind of what we'd been doing before and so we had interviews with I've been interviewed by Japanese TV stations. I've <laughs> been interviewed Japanese. by I, I do. Yeah. The funny thing was they didn't want me to speak Japanese <laughs> because either I sound that bad or they like the idea of interviewing this American, uh, American in English. What were you saying before before you get to that? You were saying every minute or every hour how much I can't remember a couple of years ago it was twenty four hours worth of video being uploaded every minute to YouTube. And it has to be significantly more than that now. That's like a three or four year old statistic. YouTube was a lot of fun. We we had a lot of fun with it, but it was weird to watch something change month over month. They they were always changing the algorithms where they want to have. And it was like, this used to work and it doesn't work now. And we've got to like rethink what what our approach is. Do do you think they realize what they're doing with like small production companies like yourself? Or or are they tailoring? They don't care. They're tailoring it to like a big. They don't care because I think they're in, because YouTube's still not profitable, which is crazy to think about later. Yeah. They're still not profitable. And I don't think YouTube will ever be profitable per se. I think it's an investment on Google's part to just have eyeballs. Yeah. Eyeballs and, and control of video on the internet. What makes a good video? Like if somebody wants to create a video today, yeah. like what would make a good video? Assuming keeping clothes on and like, <laughs> you know, I have like the shock and off <laughs> yeah. factor. You can't Well, yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to say is you've got the WTF factor. I like to call it, you know, that like, what did I just see? And, and I'm not necessarily describing good here. I should probably get into more what's actually a good, good video, but these are the videos that get shared. Is that, that, so there's two different things. What are the ones that get shared because they're shock and awe and and uh what makes an actual good video, Uh like good content. And so like the shock and awe part, you've got, you've got that WTF factor, you've got the educational factor and you've got the comedy factor. Like really those are it. If things are getting shared on the internet, it's because it was so shocking or it's because it really taught somebody something they found very interesting and they wanted other people to see, or it made them laugh. Like that's, Basically, you know, what's crazy is that's what Instagram is. Yeah. With personal profiles. Okay. Okay. Right. So Uh I, I, my mind went to a couple people that are either really funny and that's why people follow them Mm -hmm. or they do outlandish, like stupid things Mm. like Gucci Berry. Like (laughs) 
I yeah. was introduced to that guy's page and I'm like, what am I experiencing? <laughs> right. That's a WTF. It's, for sure. It is WTF. Yeah. I literally like, and I don't condone any of that stuff that that dude does. No. Like it's just, it's all for attention. It is. Right. It is. And so it's, in, it's interesting that the same concept that applies to a good video applies to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then, okay, we can get into what a good video is. What I would say a good video is, is not necessarily a video that is getting shared in like a viral sense, but it's a video that makes someone want to come back and hear more and watch a second video. Mm. That's a good video, right? So it's like you Relevancy watch. Exactly. To what your Relevant is. And, and somebody understands there's a continuing value to be had. There's an ongoing value. And that's honestly what YouTube's trying to push more now. They used to push just these one off viral. Charlie bit my finger, you know, and. Mm. That's hilarious. But are you going to come back and be like, what did Charlie bite today? <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't care. Literally, there's no sequel to that. <laughs> there's no sequel. There's nowhere to I go think they with tried that. to, though. You know that? Did they really? They tried to, they brought them back together and they. Are you serious? Yeah, we're here. Like, almost like, where are they at today type thing. And it, it was like, hmm, okay. All right. That's- but again, li- yeah, I mean, it's a good point. You literally don't think about it again. No, you don't. And that's the thing of like a video can have a million views. But that was literally maybe a minute of a million people's time that they never thought about ever again. And and how many minutes do people have in a day? Right. It's like that's what I talk about with like the value of a viral video. It it really is almost worthless. It depends on your long term strategy, but it's almost worthless because to capture someone's attention for one minute in a non-meaningful way where you didn't change anything about their behavior. Well, who cares? Who cares at all except for the prestige or the notoriety of being like, Oh, I have a video. I have a million view video, but I think everybody knows somebody that has a million view video at this point in time. So it's just so relevancy and the ability to get them to come back and say, what yeah. else do you have to offer? Yeah, exactly. So that can come through in personality. Some people just have a magnetic So that was personality. my next question is like, you can have really great content. How much of the success of that video depends on the, the person either conveying that content or in mm-hmm. the video mm-hmm. versus, you know, having somebody in there that doesn't do extremely well. And I think you probably have both sides of it where you have sure. somebody that's a horrible presenter, but because they're so bad, they have great information. <laughs> they're so bad. People come back and watch them over and it's like watching yeah. a train wreck. Yeah. I mean, the Internet can be mean. I think people mm. people get something out of being mean for some reason online, I think. Places like Twitter, you know, are really, even on really YouTube. bad with that. But even YouTube. I never leave comments or I really don't comment no. anywhere, mm. but I read through some of it. And I'm just like, man, that is. No, it's it's vicious. And that's the thing. If, you, if you're going to get into it yourself, you have to detach yourself somehow from that feedback. You have to learn to like see what valuable feedback is versus somebody just trying to ruin your day. That can be hard depending on what the video is. For example, if the video is you talking about something you enjoy, that's going to hit you a lot harder. Yeah, it's a lot more personal. Did you have a lot of backlash with people with some of the videos you created? Yeah, we've had a few, but it's more just like trivial stuff. It's like, I'm trying to Super think. Super Mario that. sucks. <laughs> exactly. You're ruining it's- Super Mario. <laughs> Parkour sucks. <laughs> There's a lot of those. There's um, people like to point out when you make a mistake in the oh, video yeah, itself. Yeah. So we had a video. I don't know how many. This one was that probably pioneer seen. was wearing a watch. Why? Yeah. No, exactly, though. There's we had a thing. It was supposed to be like medieval. And, and there was a car in the background <laughs> of a shot. It was really small. It was like two pixels tall, but it was driving. Right. You can oh, tell geez. everyone knows. what. And so it was like. Did anyone else see that car? And then every comment was just about, I can't believe you guys didn't see this car. Did you know that in the Lord of the Rings, the first film that they put out, there was a car in the background of one of the shots in the the theatrical release that they took out later. What? It's hard to catch everything, but 
Yeah. So anyways, feedback like, wise. Imagine though, that guys. This is, was not really filmed during the medieval times. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> so that's either telling you you did a good job or a bad job. I don't know. Right. You did such a good yeah. job. They're like, where'd this what? car come from? Yeah. Explain to me. <laughs> But yeah, the internet's a mean place. So I think that sometimes people get into that. What do you see now? Like as YouTube kind of matures and it, it's really making these huge, huge monumental shifts, it's only becoming more popular. Isn't it like number one most popular website or number two? It's, or it was like, like the number two search engine in yeah, the world. It's crazy. Right? Yeah, where it's headed, um, unfortunately, is something that probably should have been more predictable from where I was standing 10 years ago. We thought that we were getting in early on something, we were on the ground floor. And we were going to establish a presence that would draw people towards us. Essentially, the long-term plan was to become something like a studio mm. where it's like we produce this kind of content and then we diversify and we produce all kinds of shows and branch out. That never happened for the simple fact that there are already a lot of established studios in Hollywood. And YouTube's long play was to get the attention get of them. those guys. So early on, people derided anyone making things for YouTube. Like literally, like my brother went to film school at BYU and everybody that he graduated with was like, I'm not going to make things for YouTube. I'm going to make below. Yeah, me. that's below. And at this point, I don't think anybody cares. It's just you made a thing and people saw it. But at the time, it was like below people. And I think a lot of studios looked at it that way, too. Not anymore. Until I see the value of it. Five billion views a yeah, day on something, right? Exactly. Which is all that the studios care about. And then about. they're like, and then their investors are coming to them saying, what are we doing with YouTube? And they're yeah. saying, well, nothing because we don't think it's... Well, it's uh, easy for them to divert funds and say, okay, well, now we have a YouTube budget. Exactly. And then, Done. bam, overnight, yeah. overnight. So then what happened is you had Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon and mm-hmm. a lot of those types just take over the trending pages on YouTube because they were able to hire people who knew what they were doing and that's what you saw happen was all the big money. So came you in. essentially you were forced to kind of look elsewhere because it became less and less lucrative for you personally in your business. Yeah. Yeah. And less and less views, even though your content got better. We definitely got better. Yeah. Right. We your your content got better. got better, but your opportunity, your exposure and your reach. got Well, less. and like, here's the thing. Like if you think about television, it's primarily sponsored by ad dollars or supported by ad, ad revenue. Right. A TV show has has ads that would play as you'd watch the show. But what's happened is we've gone more back to like a 1950s, 1940s, almost like radio style sponsorship where the the, the brand is integrated into the product. Mm. So soap operas and that kind of thing back in the day, it was like you actually had people talking about the product more integrated in the show. That's interesting. It's kind of come full circle. It's come full like circle placement. because people can block ads now and people want more of Netflix style streaming where it's like, hey, I want something. I don't want to see ads. You can block ads on YouTube. And so what people do is you can't rely on that ad revenue so you have an integrated product in your video and it's all a matter of if you can integrate a real world product with the video you put out because youtube ad revenue is so it's peanuts but television they're able to negotiate better rates for their ads and so you'll have rates that are something like 30 dollars per thousand eyeballs on a tv show right and they prove that through the nielsen ratings but in youtube you're at two dollars Holy smokes. So going back to your analogy of, oh man, I want to, this is a cool video. Yeah. I want a million views. Yeah. You're making nothing. No, you make, you're you're making no money off that. A million views. You better have another plan. You better, this better have been sponsored by somebody. This better be something you can make daily 
You know what I mean? Where it's like, if You're this took you two thousand to bucks for a million eyeballs on on ad revenue strictly, yeah, it's so That's nobody. Can, so early on, early on, people were saying, and and there's a lot of people around here, and I won't name anybody, but they were like, name them. The Do big, the right big, <laughs> the big networks haven't gotten into the game yet. Like at this point in time, Disney wasn't advertising on YouTube at, at, at when, when we were talking about this. And so they're saying as soon as Disney brings their ad budget to YouTube and everybody else realizes they have to advertise on YouTube, YouTube CPMs are going to be competitive with television CPMs. Meaning you would go from 2000 to 30,000. Exactly. Which is like, all right, now we're talking like we can yeah, make you that can make, happen. You can make that happen. Yeah. And then you have a hundred million views on your channel and you can do the math. Yeah, exactly. Obviously that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it still hasn't happened. Basically the rate's been flat. Why is that? Why is, is has like big corporations haven't brought over their huge budgets? You know, I don't know. I think the connections in the television industry and the, the prestige that television has is like a medium that nobody questions the value of a commercial during the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. So it's like, but, but if someone's going to say, Hey, let's throw some ad money into some YouTube pre-roll ads, you've got people that have been in the industry for 20, 30 years that are like, mm, yeah, we don't want to allocate too much of our budget towards that. Right. You and know what so, I think it is, I think people hate TV commercials, but I think they really hate YouTube, (laughs) those YouTube commercials that come in mid video or pre video. I think they really hate those. Yeah. And I think they just will never perform. Like if I have to watch one, Mm -hmm. I look away, I purposely look away. Yeah. Yeah. And don't give them my attention. Yeah. And I think most people feel that way. I'd agree. I think it's probably because the content wasn't designed for a commercial break. Yeah. Like TV shows. Noah commercial breaks coming up and they can be like, drop something interesting before the break. You want to come back and see. I don't think a lot of people are doing that online right now. That's funny that you brought that up because I was watching a couple tutorials on YouTube Mm -hmm. and it got to like the halfway point and they do a 30 second commercial or whatever it is. And they lost me on two different videos. And you clicked away. away. And that's what you have to know on, on TV. Sure. There's other stuff on other channels, but the, the show is occupying your whole television. Yeah. But if you're on the internet, you've got your web browser open and you've got tabs and Facebook is right there and somebody just messaged you. You know what? Right? I want to go back. I'm going to yeah. go to Facebook. I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. And then I'll come back. Yeah. And then you, and then you forget what you were even doing because it was trivial to begin with. So all these changes, ultimately, you're like, you know what? This is not going to work. It's not going to be able to support me and five other people or four other people no. on the production team. And, and to be honest, the only way we made it as far as we did is because 90% plus of the money that we made in any given year was from commercials we made that didn't even go on our channel. So we ended up working it out to where that channel was like advertising what we could do. Got and it. then we would negotiate with companies that wanted commercials made production work for and, and do production work for them. So nobody even knows we made those things, but that's how we got people to come to us. And so that worked out pretty well. But that wasn't necessarily what we were trying to get in to do initially. So you have a success story. I mean, that's a, it's it's incredibly impressive what you've been able to do. Do you feel that way? I am proud of it. It's it's a little weird though because like if you were to ask me, you know, you know, when you do that exercise, where do I want to be in five years? Where do I, yeah. you know, I want to be in ten years and that kind of thing? And uh, so I served a mission, right? Yeah. And uh, coming home from my mission, I did one of those, and I remember thinking like, gosh, dang, like I would have never in a million years thought that I'd be where I am right now. I couldn't have possibly guessed, but I'm not sad about it because I've learned a lot. I'm really happy with where I am today. And so in that sense, I absolutely consider it to be a success, even though I took the weirdest, windiest kind of path to get to where I am. 
right you're one now. of like you're, you're also and this is genuine you're like one of the most optimistic people i know maybe under, maybe <laughs> underneath the swells you're like a raging monster <laughs> but like i don't know i've been working with you for the last eight months last, yeah. almost a year i could tell that the, that the experience that you went through with youtube and and all of that mm-hmm. i mean that was mm-hmm. it was awesome it was tough i think you bore it very well it was like last year was was a difficult year because that was when I actually had to make a decision about yeah. how much longer I could try to ride it out and how optimistic I was about the future. Is there any consolation in knowing that you're probably one of like tens of thousands of groups of guys that were like, you know what, we're going to get in on this and YouTube's like, psych, I'm going a different direction <laughs> and, you know, put those everybody else out, out of work as well. Yeah, I don't know. It was like a Band of Brothers kind of thing when we were in the middle of it because it was like when you ran across anybody else who was doing the same thing and you, you had the same complaints and the same struggles and everything and it was kind of, but, but it, it's harder for me looking at it just being like, this is just like me going to the movies now with the money behind it. It's mm-hmm. even, and we, we were talking about this the other day, it's, there's genuine content that is now, um, or, or it looks genuine and it's, it's actually got millions of dollars behind it. It looks like somebody in their room with a webcam and it's not, you know, so it's, it's question it's, the agenda people for real though. Right? Yeah. Question nothing, the it's nothing's no, really nothing's super real. authentic anymore. I don't think. No, no, it's not. And that's the big thing that I think I took away from all of this was like anything you see, it's just not an accident that when the money is that big, you know, it's, you have to question it all. So. In God. that sense, I'm not as optimistic. I'm kind of disillusioned, <laughs> but because <laughs> you know what it's like, and I've I've been in the meetings, you know, and so once even you've good heard, old family friendly Disney, yeah, oh well, especially Disney, they're the worst. Holy huh? crap, yeah, that's uh, the most. This podcast happy sponsored place. by Disney. Yeah, this this podcast is sponsored by Disney. Thank you, Walt, uh, for sponsoring us. Um, I could go on about that forever, but I want to continue talking about this because it's it, it's so fascinating to me because there's so much technology. Mm-hmm. And there's so much content being created. Mm-hmm. I look at my kids and how they're consuming content now versus even 12 months ago. Yeah, on their Amazon Kindle and yeah. whenever we drive anywhere, it's like what they want is they want to consume, consume, consume. Mm-hmm. And somebody's behind it. Mm-hmm. Somebody's behind creating all that content. And what is? I'm always wondering what is your agenda? Yeah, Disney releases a new video, a new movie. Mm-hmm. Pixar. What is your agenda? Yeah. Because there's a whole group of probably 10,000 people behind that movie yeah. that all have agendas that that's they're true. trying to put into the content that we consume every no, day. That's true. And there's a reason why Comcast, you know, all these other companies, yeah. they want to buy these production companies because yeah. they have more control over the whole process that way. This is turning into a conspiracy theory podcast, but... Dude, I, I know that they're watching us. <laughs> I'm kidding. If you're just joining this, uh, you just listened to the Shake the Earth podcast episode 14 with Landon Sperry. He's a YouTube guru. How many subscribers do you have? You know, I haven't... I have not... Yeah, check. Go check. But it's live. People can go watch your content, right? Yeah, it's live. I'm, I, th- that's the Pixel? funny thing. Yeah, Dark Pixel. I'm behind a lot of a lot of YouTube channels. Let's just say that. So that's kind of the main one, but that's not. See, and then you're blaming me for being a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> I don't know what your agenda is, Landon. See, Landon works here at Wink Naturals. Uh, actually, not here. He he works uh, at the company I started, Wink Naturals. He's a creative director. Mm. For I freaking love having you on the team. Well, I appreciate you you're having awesome. me here. Yeah. Okay, catch us on uh, the next episode of Shake the Earth podcast. If you like what you're hearing, go leave us a positive review on uh, iTunes or Google Play. You can find the podcast on either of those platforms. If you don't like what you're hearing, send us an email and we'll it'll go straight to our uh, trash can. <laughs> I'm kidding. We want to know what you think. 
All right, everybody, take it easy and shake the earth. 